1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today, we have a super exciting guest, Elena Turley. She's the founder of the Soul Mama Hub, and she's also the host of the Unboxable podcast. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Hey, Basha. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcasts, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today?
2: Sure. So Elena Turley, I am a Sydney mother of three and business owner. I've been a content creator for over 14 years. So that's a really long time in the world of blogs. Uh, I started my blog in 2009. And what I do now really, um, out of my own life experience, I've had a lot of various things go on in my life. And I have now started to use those things to inform the work that I do with women. So my background really is a mix of some adversity early in my life and some domestic abuse and then some trauma I had PTSD for a year and I've had a whole range of things that I've lived through, single motherhood, and then a really big process of personal development. And I've ended up combining it all with a couple of qualifications as an educator and permaculture designer and martial artist. I got my black belt last year. And I've started a business now where I work with women to mostly mothers, actually, but sometimes women as well. It's expanding a little bit. but just help people go from overextended and burnt out to kind of more empowered and inspired and energized and able to take steps towards their biggest dreams, their biggest aspirations. But usually it starts with the things that I did, which is what do we need to heal? And what do we need to do differently? And what are we not doing to take care of ourselves? And we kind of start with a Like a mental health prevention program sort of thing so uh, preventative mental health as opposed to reactive mental health so let's look at what it is that we can really do in our lives day to day just small things starting from where we're at that will change the way our life plays out and um yeah it's really cool it's really really cool i get to bring a lot of my experience with mindfulness and education and training and Martial arts principles and motherhood, and I bring it all in. And uh, we have this beautiful community. It's small and it's growing. And yeah, so that's what I do these days. That is really cool. At what point did you decide to turn this into a business? About two years ago, so a bit over actually. Now, my my grandmother died, and when she died, she was ninety eight. She was a remarkable woman. Thank you. And we were kind of close and just before she died, not long before she died, she said to me, I was like, I don't know what to do. I want to redirect myself and start to actually really focus on what I'm doing with my blog and turn it into a business and start to serve more people, grow the impact of it, make Mm -hmm. it my focus. And I don't know where to start. And she said, you have a gift, it's in your heart. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know what that means, man. Like, thank you so much. That's beautiful. But I have no idea what that means. So I kind of embarked upon a little process of working out how to take what was in my heart, how to take my personal experience and this kind of mixed bag of qualifications. I've worked in construction, I've worked in risk, I've worked in filmmaking, I've worked in PR. Like I've just had so many different skills over the years and I was like, how do I put this all together? So that's really where it started was... How do I impact other women with my experience? And how do I make that my focus? So it's slow, you know, I'm really, really actually down with slow progress. I'm not I'm not really highly trained in business. I've had some training. So it's been a process of exploration and discovery and just really allowing it to unfold and allowing it to evolve without pushing, 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 you know. And that's been a really interesting process too, of accepting. The natural progress of the business. Mm-hmm.
1: But I would argue that the slow progress of business is actually way more beneficial and way more sustainable than the fast progress of business because you have a chance to learn every single step as you go along and you're making sure that all the bases are covered at every single level instead of you know going from zero to 100 and trying to figure out okay like what do I need to figure out right now like so much is going on. I feel yeah. like it's definitely a, a more stress-free way of doing business. So I, I, I love that
2: yeah Yeah. it's so. agree with you basha it's interesting i think when i started out i had that sort of ambitious yearning i was like i want to go viral i want to scale i want to you know i was thinking really big like you do when you have a vision so i had this vision and i was like i just want it to be successful and i went really hard and i nearly burnt out i would say which is ironic Mm -hmm. because i deal with burnout in my business so so then i was like hang on i really need to practice what i preach here not just personally but also in business and I believe in doing business in a way that is ethical. I know that gets bandied about. And I don't mean you have to do everything perfectly. And what I mean is that you endeavor to use what you have in the most sustainable way and in the most ethical way in the way that takes care of the people around you and the people you work with in the best way possible. And so I've been slowly building this business with an eye to how I can make sure that It is an ethical business. It is a sustainable business. And keeping in mind that for the first three to five years of any business, whether it's online, brick and mortar, whatever type of business you have, you need to be ready to maybe not be in a huge profit margin. Like that's pretty standard that the first three to five years of business, you'll be investing. You'll be investing your time and money. And I think often in the online space, because we see these entrepreneurs, we think that they've made overnight success they've often been in business for 15 years, 10 years, seven years, eight years, you know, and that trajectory with an online business, three three years flatlining is pretty standard, you know. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important to have that perspective.
1: That is very encouraging. That is very encouraging to know. Like if this is your first year or your second year in business and you feel like you're not expanding like you should be and it's not going the way you thought it would, and knowing that the standard is that, Three, you kind of hit a plateau for three years is, is pretty encouraging. Like I said, yeah, it's pretty typical. Yeah. So what is your focus going to be for 2023?
2: This year for me, if I look from a philosophical perspective, my, my words for this year are space and grace. So I feel like mm-hmm. I really am ready to create space. And the way that I think about business also is that if you are clear in your intentions and clear in your focus, when you create space the most amazing things can come into that space and i and i do i've noticed that before that if i'm very clear and intentional in my actions then opportunities arise opportunities do come to you it's not always about going out and getting it and i'm not saying you do nothing but constant action and constant filling of space actually can be a little bit detrimental i think for entrepreneurs so I'm really all about this year, space and grace. And what that means from a business perspective is that I'm being very clear in my strategy for telling the story of my business and getting it in front of new audiences. And the way that I'm doing that, surprise, surprise, is podcasts. So (laughs) here I am (laughs) telling my story and enacting the strategy of allowing people that naturally want to work with me to come and come find me, you know, and- Mm -hmm. It's a really great strategy because I love it. you got to be doing things that you're good at and things that you love. And I love talking with people. I mean, you and I, we just met. I love talking to you. I love finding out where you are and what you you (laughs) do, sharing my story with you. I think it's so exciting, you know. So I'm really loving that, already enjoying that strategy. I do plan to write a book. I've been planning that for a while. So these are ways that in the business that I'm in, you build credibility you know you build credibility mm-hmm. by showing your expertise and really sharing your knowledge so as a mentor that's that's my main job right so it's just to create spaces and places for people to come in and journey with me and sort of find what their goal is because that's really what it is it's not me telling someone it's not i'm not i don't call myself a coach because i'm not trained as a coach although i do do a bit of coaching i do do a bit of pertinent question asking and uh Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah it's a really interesting thing to go okay well here i am and i'm holding a space for you when you're ready you come and sit beside me in my community and things will happen and i've seen it now with the last two years the members that i've had in my membership it's been beautiful to watch and it's not i'm not doing that much to be honest i'm holding a space which is a big deal but they step in and they take the action and so my strategy is to keep holding that space, but to hold it for more people. So I'll keep on launching. I'll launch three or four times. I have a closed membership model, which means that the doors to the membership are closed so that I can serve my members. And then I go and launch and then I close them again. And I have a wait list and they come in and it's great. It means I've worked with less women, but I have a greater impact and uh, I find that really it's a powerful model for people it's also a very safe space because there's not people coming in and out all the time so you can build right. a lot of trust in the community
1: and you can truly focus on your clients give them your full attention give them everything yeah. that you've got I think it's yeah. beautiful the way that you're doing this it's not all about the money it's about making an impact and helping people yeah. it's beautiful yeah.
2: thanks I want it to be sustainable so it has to be a bit about the yeah money. right right but it's learning that yeah but it's not the main focus
1: absolutely absolutely it's cool what would you say is your biggest challenge as of today
2: so the challenge for me is probably shiny object syndrome i think last (laughs) year maybe even the year before it would have been imposter syndrome all the syndromes um imposter syndrome was very much about me stepping into my authority and my embodiment of what i know i have to offer and until my program Mm -hmm. had had effects and results in people's lives i think i felt a little reticent to do that i wanted to see proof i wanted to see proof that this thing that i thought would work actually worked now that i've seen that proof and i've also done some inner work on imposter syndrome because even when you're successful you can still feel like that like you're a fraud like you're an imposter. it's very common So that was a really cool thing to look at. I'm not saying it's gone forever. I don't think those things ever go forever. But I feel a lot more confident now deep inside in my soul to authentically step into, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can actually show women an amazing pathway that gives them that confidence to take their next steps into their biggest dreams. So that's really cool. I think the other part that's happening for me this year is just about really allowing that focus to be enough so i need to do this i need to do that i need to have facebook ads i need to have um someone consulting with me on marketing i need to have a coach i need to have you know you don't need to have everything i think for Mm -hmm. me this year it's about having a very clear strategy And just consistency like showing up consistently not playing around with my branding not spending too much time on the website i love websites i love designing websites so i can get really caught up in that i can get really excited and spend hours and hours on that so it's like just really taking away a lot of distraction from the end goal for this year and the end goal for this year is just to slowly grow and slowly evolve and maybe also to bring in um just a little more i guess um focus on my members like really the nurturing aspect and and showing up consistently so last year I was very focused on marketing and I feel like mm. there were times where maybe I didn't visit enough that community and I didn't you know really hold that space quite enough so this year that's well and truly my focus and I'll probably also do a bit of one on one this year which I didn't really do last year so I'm quite excited to work with women one on one I've done it before and I find it's really powerful it happens it's quick you know if someone's really looking for that quick turnaround i feel really stuck i'm not sure what to do that's the best way i can serve them so if they're if they're in a hurry you know if they're like i'm just sick of it ne- i need something to happen quickly so that's been really exciting to bring mm-hmm. that back in so i'm looking forward to that
1: you brought up an interesting point about the you know all of the syndromes and the imposter syndrome and how it never really goes away so I'd really love to, I'd love to shine a light on your expertise. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you overcome or how do you mean like continue overcoming imposter yeah. syndrome? Cause I think that that's a huge thing that entrepreneurs struggle with and that we don't really talk about because no, nobody wants I to don't. admit, like, I, I don't feel like
2: I should be doing this, you know? So yeah.
1: what are your tips for overcoming imposter so syndrome?
2: I think this is a really interesting topic. Actually, it's something that keeps coming up in a lot of conversations mm-hmm. I'm having lately. So what we're really talking about when we say imposter syndrome or the way I understand it is it's a sense that when you show up authentically as who you are, it's not enough. You know, it's that feeling that you can have where you're showing up but you're hiding a little bit because you're thinking, if I say that, they're going to think this about me. Or if I do this, it's going to expose me as a fraud. It's going to expose me and show my weakness and show my vulnerability. So I guess I just want to challenge that belief. First of all, I believe that that is a very typical and common experience for pretty much every human on the planet, especially if you put yourself under pressure into a position of vulnerability or visibility, if you're in the public eye, or if you're successful. I think if you're successful, you get that even more because you're more in the public eye and you've almost got more to lose so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: what i would say to that is that actually when you do show up in that very human and vulnerable and honest way you give others permission to do the same and you increase relationship you build relationship and you are more authentic you are showing up with more of yourself so what do we want when we connect with someone we want to know who they are we want to connect right so it's the same in business if we're working with someone or if we have a boss or we we want to know who they are and we want to connect so if you are able to show up as who you are and really authentically as yourself that increases connection it increases connectivity and it increases authenticity and we have humans have a spidey sense for that we can tell when someone is not being authentic and we don't like it so it, it decreases connection it disconnects us right and it also mm-hmm. decreases trust. So we know that in business, a lot of business is about no like, and trust. It's about knowing someone, liking them and trusting them enough to be in business with them, enough to work with them, enough to buy from them. That no like, and trust factor is so crucial. So I think what's really interesting is that when we are able to be a little more authentic and be a little bit more of who we are. We actually increase the know, like and trust factor, we increase authenticity, we increase our connection with those we serve and those we serve alongside with our colleagues. So it's a great thing to do. How is it possible though? I I believe there's a lot of elements to that. It's very personal. There may be some elements of your own personal story that are unhealed or elements of your personal story that are no longer relevant in your life but that you still are holding on to or believing and that can be subconscious. There can be practices in our life where we have learned to cover up those stories or cover up things we're ashamed of about ourselves and we get very good at acting and pretending like those things aren't there. So that decreases authenticity and it makes us kind of defensive and like we need to protect this truth, right? So that can be tricky. That can bring in other elements. And I think what we have to do is there's no way around it. You've got to go through it. You've got to do the work. You've got to look at that stuff deeply. You've got to reflect. You've got to look at why you're driven to do what you do and stay focused on that. Like what is it you really, really want to achieve? What's your legacy? That's your focus. Mm-hmm. Like how do you want to serve the world? Because I believe that all of us have something to give. So how do we want to serve? What have we got to give? stay focused on that and then be really clear about what work you need to do do you use self abandon do you find that when you need something you don't give it to yourself self abandonment is very common when it leads to burnout and when it leads to not showing up authentically and also i think we really have to do the personal development practices we need to be mindful we need to meditate we need to whatever that is for you some people let's go for a walk in the bush sometimes it's Go and sit around and have a beautiful meal with friends. Sometimes it's more quiet and reflective. We need to do some journaling. We need to hire a therapist. We need to hire a mentor. We need to join a community, supportive community. There's a million different things you can do, but find your practice. Find your thing that brings you back to yourself. That really allows you to get whole and bring in all the parts of you that you don't think are desirable so that you can be whole, so that you can show up as all of who you are, and I think showing up as all all of who you are, that is the antidote to a lot of our problems because we spend a lot of energy hiding things that we think the world doesn't want to see. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a very that's a very interesting take on the subject because I I do I do see where where you're going with it. It's you know imposter syndrome because. We feel like it's not us, so make, putting in more effort to show up as our true selves and working in a way that's congruent to our personalities and our beliefs and our mission. Yeah, I I could see how that how that helps get rid of the imposter syndrome or at least silence that voice.
2: Yeah, it's a beautiful piece of advice. Incorporate it. Thank you. And I think yeah. that sort of ability to to really look at what are our beliefs, what are our underlying beliefs, and how are they working with us or working against us. And understanding them and you know just to be a little bit devil's advocate i don't know if we do want to silence that voice i think that voice is really important Mm -hmm. i actually think we need it i think we need to remain humble and real and authentic and true and we need to be able to relate to people if we silence that voice we lose our ability to relate to others that have it so I actually think mm. we incorporate it. I think we make friends with it and we bring it along for the ride. We say, okay, how can this be of service? How can it be helpful? And even if it's uncomfortable, you know, we have we have such an aversity to discomfort. We, we're like, oh, I don't want to be you uncomfortable. Do. I just want to avoid. I want to numb and avoid. So what I'm here to say is, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> if you numb <laughs> it and avoid and as you say, silence those voices, then ultimately they will come back stronger and in more insidious ways so i'm mm. saying look at them really take a good hard look sit in their discomfort and if it's too much get support and get help to help you with that discomfort because we're supposed to do that work That's what we're here to do so
1: also very interesting take <laughs> we are slowly we're, we're slowly running out of time so i want to make sure that we get through all of our questions but that sure. is a beautiful piece of advice. <laughs> so if you were to and I know that you mentioned you know that you're not super crazy about like fast growth that you like slower more consistent growth but if you were to double or triple your revenue what are some challenges that you think you might face or changes that you would need to make
2: well that's a really interesting question I think the main thing I'd have to do is just really get better on my systems, bigger systems to mm-hmm. handle that and probably hire some staff. I would actually be hiring support and that would be also a new thing for me. So mm-hmm. that would be the two main things I would have to do, I would say.
1: I think that's That's pretty much similar across the board. Yeah. Are there any changes that you believe you need to make within yourself?
2: Yeah, for sure. I'd have to be stepping into that leadership role. So just, I think, really being clear on the kind of leader that I want to be and being really making sure that i have the right support myself as a leader you know i believe that anyone in business is really only as good as their support systems you know they say you reflect the five people closest to you so i think it's the same in business i'd have to be really um prioritizing that connection with my own supporters my own mentors my little team bit of a team
1: absolutely absolutely work team
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right let's talk about the podcast now um what kinds of things do you cover on it what do you like to talk about do you interview people or are they solo episodes let's cover that a little
2: thanks so the unboxable podcast it came about I kind of made up the word because I feel like it reflects the experience of a lot of people including me where we don't necessarily fit into the box that we're supposed to and I think that's great and I wanted to celebrate it But I do end up, I often go quite deep in my podcast, and the episodes vary from 20 minutes to over one hour at times. And sometimes it's me, sometimes it's with a guest. It's often with a guest at the moment. I have a lot of people who love to come on and talk, and guests come onto the podcast. We talk about, I guess, really just how to navigate the things I'm sharing about here. How do we navigate our personal journeys, our work journeys, our motherhood journeys in a way that is holistic and healthy and Preventing mental health issues and looking at people's stories and what we can gain from that. And what I've really noticed is that the guests, when I finish interviewing them, always say, Oh my God, thank you. That was amazing. I really loved it. So it's a really beautiful energy in the podcast. It's a great space. And I'm really pleased to um, be able to offer that to my guests. And it seems to be going pretty well. It was top 10 in Malaysia at some point of last year which was really cool I don't even know (laughs) how I just heard about it after it happened (laughs) that's so so cool um, it's a pretty new podcast but it's got about well 68 episode 68 at the time of recording so I'm getting better at it and I'm really loving it actually so it's great really enjoying it really enjoying interviewing people and hearing their stories and just finding it very inspiring
1: I, I, I can imagine. I can imagine just talking to you and your advice is inspiring. I can't even imagine what you do for your guests.
2: Thank you, Vasha.
1: Of course. So I hate to be a negative Nelly, but what have been some of the biggest pain points been around growing your own podcast?
2: Oh, I guess at the beginning, it's tricky because you think, is anyone listening to this? Like, am I just talking into a vacuum and yeah it's that thing of, it's a little bit similar to what we talked about before and that really you're just coming from your own belief that you have something to share and that you have something to contribute to the world and that can be challenging like believing in yourself is hard at times you know and especially if you've got no feedback like with a podcast you're sitting in a room you're recording with a little microphone and then you're chucking it online and it's certainly in the beginning you don't necessarily know who's listening to it what people think of it you know that's why reviews are so important i'm always asking people to review my podcast because it really is helps me to know the value of it and to understand that it's uh it's worth doing you know and but i have really enjoyed it i mean it's it's definitely a challenge to show up consistently every week i find that like i'm not particularly uh i'm not very good at routines my husband is really good at routines I'm not amazing at routines. So I sort of do it a bit mm. haphazardly. So I have to really discipline, bring in a lot of discipline to make sure I publish regularly. And yeah, but I, I really love it actually.
1: I can tell, I can tell just that, that you're like glowing when you're talking about yeah, it.
2: It's so fun. It's so fun.
1: It is pretty fun. I agree. What would you say is your favorite thing about podcasting?
2: I think it's just hearing people's stories like and and hearing the truth. Like being able to, to make a conversation in which someone can share their truth. I just think that's so powerful. And I, I love that because I just want everybody to be able to do that, to feel safe enough to do that in the world. You know, I feel like we all have a story to tell and I'm really passionate about giving people the opportunity to do that.
1: Absolutely. All right. And then final question. If you had to give one piece of advice in one sentence, To anybody who's listening, what would it be?
2: Awareness is a transformative force. So if anything's going on for you, if you can shine the light of awareness on it, it will change it. Absolutely.
1: All right. And then if if anybody's looking to get in contact with you, take a look at your services, what is the best way for them to find you?
2: So the best way to find me is really just to find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Mama soulmamahub, S-O-U-L-M-A-M-A-H-E-B, or my website, elenaturley.com. So that's A-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-L-E-Y.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Elena.
2: Thanks, Basha. All
1: right, group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you.